Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. I'm Aaron McMahon. On this week's episode, we will be discussing the Michigan football team retaining the Paul Bunyan Trophy by beating Michigan State, and we will look ahead to this week's game against Indiana. The Michigan basketball team remains undefeated and has some big games coming up. All that and more, but first, a few headlines from this week. Trap game. Michigan football's not treating Indiana like one. The Hoosiers enter Saturday's game against the 12th-ranked Wolverines with seven wins for the first time since 2007. Michigan, meanwhile, is coming off a lopsided 44-10 victory over in-state rival Michigan State. It was a program's third straight win and second straight over the Spartans, who are one win away from not qualifying for a bowl. And with Ohio State on deck, it would be understandable if the Wolverines overlooked Indiana. After all, Michigan has beaten the Hoosiers 23 straight times, with the last loss coming in 1987. But head coach Jim Harbaugh and players said this week that they respect Indiana. The last four meetings have been decided by 11 points or fewer. The last two games at Bloomington, where Saturday's game will take place, have gone into overtime. John Runyon Jr. had this to say on Monday. There's just something about them that always gets the best of us. With a win, Michigan will enter its regular season finale against the Buckeyes with nine wins and an opportunity for a tenth. And let's talk a little bit about Cam McGrone's 2019 season. The redshirt freshman middle linebacker took over as the starter against Rutgers on September 28th and seemingly draws praise from coaches and teammates every week. Despite not starting in the team's first three games this season, McGrone is fifth on the team with 48 tackles and fourth with seven tackles for loss and three and a half sacks. It's not hard to see why McGrone has been so effective this season. Whether it is rushing the quarterback or moving sideline to sideline, the Indiana native speed is evident. He also has been a key factor in helping the defense move back into the top five nationally. The unit is fifth in the country, allowing just 261.6 yards per game. He will have to have another strong performance in front of a large contingent of family and friends against the Indiana Hoosiers on Saturday. Michigan Basketball Radio Show made its season debut this week, meaning Jawan Howard appeared on the program for the first time as Michigan's head coach. Held at a campus restaurant, the show provides fans the opportunity to see and hear Howard up close, plus enjoy a burger and beer. Howard entered to a cheer and elicited laughs and applause throughout his 25-minute appearance. He compared recruiting to dating. He mentioned talking trash about Ohio State to former Miami Heat teammate LeBron James. And throughout his time on air, his love for Michigan was evident. Howard said he still has to pinch himself every now and then to remind himself that, yes, he really is Michigan's basketball coach. He loves the job, and those who attended his radio show enjoyed showing their support. Many stuck around to snag a photo with Howard or get an old picture signed. Ultimately, he'll be judged on his team's record on the court, but it's clear the fan base is pulling for him. For those stories and more, 
Check out MLive.com slash Wolverines. All right, guys. So did you enjoy a burger and beer last night there as well? Or Only one of those things. Just one of those things. Only a little one burger. of those things. You know, I was on the job. All right. So, you know, wanted to stay clean. Stay clean. <laughs> but, yeah, Michigan beat Michigan State this past Saturday uh, at the Big House 44-10. to 10. None of us predicted it would be particularly close. But it was still a bigger margin than even we, you know, had anticipated. Michigan State scored first. Um, but, you know, if any Michigan fans were thinking, here we go again with, with Michigan State, uh, that was quickly extinguished. Michigan just absolutely dominated the second half. They scored the final 20 points of the game. So, yeah, I mean, my, my biggest takeaway from this game was the passing game for Michigan. Shea Patterson didn't just throw for more yards than he'd ever thrown for in a Michigan uniform, but he exceeded that total by more than 100 yards. So they didn't run the ball that well, but, no. you know, we've seen the rushing attack carry this team in the past. This was a balanced attack, and I thought that was the most important thing. Yeah, uh, thirty outscored Michigan State thirty-four to three over the final three quarters. I mean, Michigan was to me was just the, clearly the better team on Saturday. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we all assumed that going in, but you were, you were waiting to see what type of team the Spartans brought. Um, they, I mean, they punched Michigan early on, but after that, I mean, Michigan was just just better. Uh, Pat, I, I rewatched the game actually this morning. I went, I went back and watched at like seven this morning every play. And I thought from, from the tape I've watched, to me, Shea Patterson looked the best he'd had. He looked in two years. Not, not only was he hitting the receivers in stride, but he was like leading guys. And he had one or two errant throws, one of which was that Ronnie Bell when Bell was wide open. So he caught it anyway. But like Shea, I thought was by far his best he's been. I mean, he, he was crisp. He was clean. He was making plays happen when he had to. He was a Shea Patterson, I think. You know, folks expected when when he first got here. And look, he's shown glimpses of that in the past. I think he's been good at times. But you saw how efficient, how effective Michigan's offense can be. A when he's throwing the ball on the money, but also not turning the football over. He had four touchdown passes, no interceptions, no fumbles, which obviously was a big problem earlier this year. Um, But you're right; the, the passing game was the most impressive takeaway from the game. And I wrote this afterwards. But speed and space. We heard about it all preseason. We heard about it early on. This was speed and space that I think most people wanted and expected. It took them 10 games to get there, um, but they looked good doing it, I thought. And then the defense has been really consistent ever since that that Wisconsin loss. I mean, they've only allowed 220 yards per game since then, have won six of seven games. And I I don't think you can uh, overstate how how good this defense has been during this most recent stretch. I mean, obviously, Michigan State's offense was struggling coming into the game, but I mean, they, they cannot get anything going. The work he struggled, they couldn't get the running game going. What's happened with him? Like, I remember two years ago thinking he could have been one of the best quarterbacks in the Big Ten. Uh, his, I think it was a retro freshman year, his freshman year, whatever it was. He looked really good. In the last two years, whether it's the offense they've run or just he's fallen back, it's a confidence issue, I don't know, uh, injury. But, like, he isn't the same guy I saw two years ago. I think they are running a little bit of an archaic offense, but they have also haven't had any continuity on the offensive line the last couple of years. I mean, if you look at the receiving core – you give Michigan, uh, Mission State, Michigan's receiving core. I think that that could be that could help him out a little bit. But I mean, yeah, like I said, he. I thought he was going to be an NFL quarterback after his mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, and I'm I'm just not seeing it. I mean, anymore. he had some throws on Saturday. They just they were short. They weren't they weren't crisp. They were it just it the was, one Levert Hill interception yeah. I was like what what where are you throwing that? So, yeah, I mean that. So it is now two in a row from Michigan in this rivalry. Three of the last four, um, as Aaron mentioned earlier, in Michigan State, you know, after going seven and six last year, is four and six right now. It just seems like these two programs, you know, are heading in opposite directions. I mean, would it be fair to say you think Michigan has sort of regained the upper hand? 
they have. rivalry. Yeah, and Jim Harbaugh made a point of saying it in, in a non, I guess, you know, chest pounding way this week. He he said that every every member of this Michigan football team now has a winning record uh, mm-hmm. against Michigan State, whether you're a true freshman or you're a, a senior. They all have winning records against against the Spartans now. At this point, the older, more experienced guys can leave, saying that they they beat Michigan State more than more times than Michigan State beat them. So, I, I think that's a point of pride for this program. You're right. I, th- I think that the the narrative has shifted now for several years now. Mark Antonio and Michigan State were they were the better team than Michigan, and you saw it. Um, but that that has changed. Michigan is the I think the spirit program once again. Now, and we'll probably get into this later, but you know, Michigan now has to has to finish the season off on the right foot. Yes, we'll definitely definitely get to that later. But I do want to ask you about you know the bowl outlook yeah. for Michigan now because you know people were asking me about this and it seems still pretty complicated. There's still it a lot is. of options there for Michigan as far as where they might end up in the postseason. Yeah, I mean they they're popped up now in three different games: the, the Outback Bowl, which they played in two years ago in Tampa, Florida; the Gator Bowl in Jacksonville, Florida, which they haven't played in since I think 2011, and then. The Holiday Bowl, San Diego, which is a game they haven't played in since 1994. No. Uh, so all three of those are, are in the running. Uh, there is an outside chance. They could still get in the Rose Bowl, I think. I, I laid this scenario out to Zook yesterday, so bear with me here. But I think if if Ohio State can beat Penn State, that would drop Penn State down to two losses. Minnesota gets another loss at some point. They get a second loss as well. But Michigan would have to run the table here, and that includes being Ohio State. But then Ohio State would still get in the Big Ten title game, win the Big Ten title game, and somehow get in the playoff. I think there's a chance you're gonna have you'd have a gamut of two lost teams in the Big Ten. It comes down to resumes, you know, whether it'd be Wisconsin, Penn State, Minnesota, or Michigan. That I think would be a scenario where Michigan could potentially get in the Rose Bowl. But again, I mean, it's up to the, the individual bowl to, to pick there. And then if they don't get in there, I think the Citrus Bowl is also a chance as well. That's the the third, the second highest bowl with a Big Ten affiliate behind the Rose Bowl. So there's opportunity there where Michigan could get in the Rose Bowl, the Citrus Bowl. They need a lot to happen at this point. Um, they need, they would need probably to win out, including beating Ohio State. But as of right now, I mean, it's it's wide open. You, you, they've got to win. They've got to win football games. They're gonna need, they're gonna need some help. Sure. Let's talk a little hoops. Start some hoops. Michigan is three and zero. Recently put a whooping on Elon on Friday. Next game is this uh, coming Friday against Houston Baptist which should go similarly to the Elon game. But then it gets real. You know, they go to the Bahamas next week. They open with Iowa State, who's decent there. And then North Carolina is there. Gonzaga is there. Seton Hall, Oregon. So that's half the field. Half of the uh, four of the eight teams are ranked in the top 13 of the latest uh, top 25 poll. Um, so, yeah, including, you know, that North Carolina team that would be there. Second day, their their Thanksgiving Day matchup. Um, you know, if they both if they both win their 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 openers, so yeah, it'll we'll, we're going to learn a lot about this Michigan team. You know, next week. Um, but what have we learned so far is that Michigan is going to play through John Teske. It's you know seven foot one senior center. Joan wants to get the ball to him. Uh, he, he made that clear. I found it interesting. Basically, he said you know he came on campus and said that right away to his team that that's that's hey we're going to play through this guy before he had even really seen him in, in person. I mean, he had, you know, watched him on film from his time with the heat and things like that, but yeah, we're, we're going to play through this guy. He's not just going to be shooting, you know, trail three point shots. He's going to be getting the ball in the post. And that's what, that's what Michigan's doing. They're kind of playing inside out. And uh, that's, that's one thing we've learned. Um, another is that, you know, some of the veteran players are still at times reverting to old habits, whether that be, you know, just schematically, you know, I don't know if you want to get in the nitty gritty of, you know, pick and rolls yeah. and things like that. Just doing what the previous coaching staff wanted them 
to do. Uh, so they're, you know, learning the new terminology and things like that. That's still, uh, that's still a challenge at times, but, you know, mistakes have been getting corrected. We've seen things they haven't done well in the first half of a game improved by the second half or things they didn't do well in the previous game, you know, cleaned up. So, yeah, I think things are, you know, again, three and oh, three games, three different leading scores, you know, good balance on this team and, you know, a potentially key piece. We mentioned this, you know, last week's episode as well. And, and Franz Wagner, you know, coming back. Um, at some point. So soon, right? Is it, is there any new updates on that? Yeah, we'll, we'll hope to get one later this week. Uh, you know, with the game Friday, we'll, you know, we'll get to talk to him, you know, not him, but you know, Juwan beforehand and, uh, you know, kind of, kind of get an update about on that. Cause we are approaching that, you know, four week mark that they said he'd be out, you know, four to six weeks. We're approaching, you know, four weeks. So we'll see um, if it's on the early side. He, he was asked about it, you know, last week and, uh, he said there's no update. He's well, he said he's still hurt. He's still injured. Mm-hmm. So um that's that. But again, it's a it's a wrist injury, so he can be doing cardio and right, things like right. that. You know, it is a shooting wrist. So I don't know, maybe he's gonna come come out of this thing with a much improved, you know, left hand. That could be. We've, we've seen that before with players. So yeah, we'll see. But again. Back to Tusky, how do you think he's handled this? I mean, obviously they're they're using him more inside out than outside in. How Beeline used him. I mean, mm-hmm. is, how has he handled this and how, how has he approached it? Yeah, I mean, he's got to like it. First of all, to hear that, a coach come in and say, yeah, we're going to use you. We're going to play through you. Um, we're going to use your size. And, you know, it'll be interesting once they get into Big Ten play and, and other teams have guys that are similar in size and strength. Some of these non-conference opponents just haven't had someone that could match up with him. Um, but, yeah, I think you are seeing him get – get a little fatigued at times out there on the court, but that, that, that was true, you know, even under the, the old style. I mean, he's just a lot is asked of him defensively and he's a, he's a big man. So um, yeah, you know, trying to, trying to limit his minutes will be, will be a key, but uh, you know, it's, it's gone well. The offense hasn't been humming, but it's been, it's been good enough. It's been efficient. And it's this team that's still going to rely on its defense early on. So yeah, I think it's gone. It's gone pretty well. Um, Again, Houston Baptist this week, they are, you know, in the, in the 300s, you know, <laughs> yeah. in the ranking system, you know, so they're, they're not, they shouldn't give Michigan, you know, too much of a, of a fight, but uh, yeah, kind of a, a tune up before some of the, uh, the bigger games coming up. And yeah, speaking Could of upcoming games, the football team, again, going to uh, Indiana, as we mentioned, I mean, uh, Aaron, you said it earlier, 1987, yeah. uh, the last win in two thirds of this podcast was not born <laughs> when uh, the last time at Indiana, East Michigan, yeah, that's right. um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so but but Indiana has played better against Michigan that's, lately. That, that's the thing. That's the weird thing, and I think I wrote this this morning in the story I'm live. But like, Michigan has dominated Indiana, but it's it, it's been a lopsided, you know, series. But in a way, and some of the Michigan players addressed this on Monday. They almost called it a rivalry. Indiana almost looks at it as a rivalry against Michigan because Michigan's almost always the better team. Um, but Michigan, Indiana feels like they can, they can play up to them and, and play competitive with them, and, and in a way they do. I mean, they're they're very similar in how they're they're structured. That they run a pro style offense, but they also have the spread concepts as well. And Jim Harbaugh mentioned on Monday, like the power of the football at times. They like to spread it out when they have to. They've got a talented quarterback who who's played Michigan now twice, so he knows what Michigan does defensively. Uh, and this is a home game for Indiana. Keep in mind, that, and that's I think the interesting statistic and i mean michigan's handled indiana obviously for a long time now but the last two games in bloomington have come down to overtime now granted the you know the, the team in 2017 wasn't very good the 2017 michigan team right. i'm talking about but you know indiana played them well uh indiana has seven wins that they're i think they're a better team they, than they have been recently they played at Penn State pretty well last they week. Did. And, and if you look at their schedule they play i mean 
they, they played a lot of the bottom of the barrel Big Ten teams, but they handled them. They lost by nine to Michigan State. But, I mean, they're, they're serious. They've got some talented guys, and, and they've done on the defensive side of the ball. I, for as long as I can, I can think of, Indiana has been a poor defensive team. They've put up a lot of points in the past. They've thrown the ball around a lot, but they were never able to, to keep up with teams because they gave up so many points. Um, now, if you look at statistically around the Big Ten, Indiana falls in the top half of most defensive categories. Mm-hmm. So they are improving. Their head coach, Tom Allen, is a defensive-minded guy. Yep. Uh, so it's it'll be I think it'll be an interesting game on Saturday. I don't think this is going to be a cakewalk by any means for Michigan. No, and I think I think a lot of it comes down to uh, you know turnovers for Michigan. You you know you mentioned it earlier. You know all that talk about speed and space and the players adjusting to a new offensive system. I mean, it came down to that they were giving the ball to the other team you know way too often, and they haven't been doing that now the second half of the season, and that's a huge reason why they've been playing so much better. Josh, you know, to that point, Josh Gass brought this up in a radio interview a few weeks ago, and it, it, it really resonated with me. I think it was something like they turned the ball over 13 times in the first six games or seven games a season, whatever it is. He he did he crunched the numbers, and he, he says Michigan averages about 13 to 14 drives a game. Mm-hmm. So if you, you factor then in all those 13 turnovers, that's basically a full game of giving the football away. Mm-hmm. So when you when you look at that from that perspective, it's, it's interesting because, it, I mean, Michigan handed the football over a lot. They, they weren't able to finish drives that they maybe – started and with when you have a first-year play caller like Gaddis running a for you know a new offense I mean that that makes a difference and that's one of the reasons why Michigan I think got off to such a slow start this year from an offensive perspective and there's no surprise that's why a big reason why the defense has been better lately as well I mean they haven't had to defend any short fields at all yep. they're more rested I mean it's it's tough when like your first drive of the game Shea Patterson's fumbling the ball and you then the other team takes over in your own territory I mean that's tough to tough on any defense so I mean when when it's tough to drive on this mission defense and go longer than 60 70 uh yards and so far it's um Shea Patterson Michigan's have been doing a good job at uh keeping the ball so this is a, a weekly podcast so we'll get into this of course more next week but no harm in a little quick talk about if this about Ohio State. Yeah. Like, is Michigan good enough to beat Ohio State right now? Did what you see against Michigan State lead you to believe? You know, the we talked about the offense being more multi-dimensional. Mm-hmm. Whether it can, you know, they can beat the Buckeyes. Who, by the way, are a? Did you see the point spread for their game against Penn State? They are two touchdown two favorites against, you know, one loss Penn State team. That was. I don't think that, I don't think that game ends up being close. I could see it being a two touchdown game, so I guess I'm not surprised by that. But I mean, I don't know. You have to think at some point Ohio State's going to have some type of hiccup, mm-hmm. whether not necessarily losing a game, but keeping you know having a close encounter. Maybe that's this week, but I don't know. You know, when it comes, but when it comes to Ohio State and Michigan, I'll say this. But I went from thinking just a couple of weeks ago that Michigan probably had no shot against Ohio State. To, to sing what the offense has done the last few weeks against Notre Dame and then Saturday against Michigan State, thinking that they have a shot. I, no, I don't necessarily think the win at this point. I probably won't pick Michigan to win, but I think it'll be a closer game. You're saying they got a chance. They got a chance. Yeah, they got a chance. And I think it'll be, I think it'll be a closer game than it was last year. I mean, for me, I mean, I think Michigan is, is comfortable in their schemes now where, where they're beating teams that they're more talented than. But I still, mm-hmm. when you look line up against Ohio State, Head-to-head match or head-to-head position mm-hmm. groups. I still think Ohio State is a more talented team, um, so it would be hard to pitch against Ohio State at this point. And th- their season will be on the line, most likely. I mean, yeah, well, they could have the Big Ten title wrapped wrapped up by them, but they want to guarantee them themselves that they'll have a a playoff berth with a win over Michigan. So. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. 
got anything else to, to add? To I figured we'd do a quick little update on the Michigan women's hoops team and they're the ranked. Michigan hockey team. Yeah, they're ranked. They're they're four and zero. So they they have victories over Western Michigan, Bradley, Kent State, and Akron. Uh, obviously, not really challenging game so far, but um, all double digit victories. Uh, Nas, uh, sophomore Nas Hillman's picked up where she left off as a, as a freshman. Uh, she's averaging 17 points per game this year, and so we'll see what happens it, when they get into conference play. But right now, uh, even though they lost a few key pieces last year, it's, uh, they're looking pretty good. Saturday will be a big one against Notre Dame, so yeah. that will be their first. And it's at home, too. It's so, at home. Yeah. So, I, you know, I heard Kim Barnes-Rico, the head coach, talk last night, you know, as well when I was at the, the radio show, um, and I was at the, the opener, um, at least the, the first half, you know, nap time, you know, and bedtime for that one interferes. Not for me, for my two-year-old. <laughs> but what I will say about this team is it is it is deeper than some of Barnes-Rico's previous teams. Like, there are, there are players on this team – um, that you might not have thought were going to be, you know, rotation players, contributors, maybe earlier in their career, but they are now. They're a balanced team too. It's not just like one person that, you know, you're relying on for scoring and things like that. So, um, yeah, uh, this team got a nice, you know, comeback win. They were down going to the fourth quarter uh, against Akron, I think it was on on Saturday, and they won that game. And now Notre Dame fans are going to be surprised to not see not only not not a single digit number next to Notre Dame's ranking, not a number at all. Notre Dame fell out of the poll That's this crazy. week for the first time in like 350 something weeks. <laughs> yeah. Michigan cannot be thrilled that it happens to be the time that they they get them. They're going to uh, have a know, chip they, on their shoulder on, on, on the ranked sure. team. Well, yeah, and you know you want the hype of the going to be the ranked team if right. you're playing yeah. them anyway. But but yeah, that's. Uh, that's a big one. The hockey team, however, is uh, struggling mightily. They were swept by Michigan State last week. They haven't won in since the beginning of the year. That's now one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight games in a row. Mm-hmm. They're winless. Um, they had their top scorer or captain well locked with out this past weekend, and they're just not scoring goals. They're right to the bottom ten in the nation in scoring. Um, they're going to need to turn it around quickly if they're going to have any shot at salvaging their season. Mm-hmm. Might be calling up the the leading scorer from the Ann Arbor uh, Adult Recreational League. I mean, my phone's on. Yeah. You got any eligibility left? Uh, three years left. Yeah. Three years three left. Years left. Make sure you can make a scholarship. Yeah. All right. Well, that concludes this episode of the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. Thank you for listening.